Hey, this is Dante here. Today, you're going to be listening to Lola and her special guest, Genica Obaraji. They have a special message that will encourage you, but also call you to action so that you can have all that God has in store for you in 2020 and beyond. So here we go. You are listening to the Smoking Prophet Podcast with your hosts, Dante and Lola, who are here and ready to resource you spiritually, creatively, and socially so that you can live life and live life better, so that you can do life and do life better with inspiration that is actionable, kick back and listen, because your life is about to be transformed. Hey there, it's me, Lola. I have with me my friend, my fam, someone you guys are familiar with, Mrs. Ganika Oparaji. What's going on? Thank you for coming and joining us. I know you got a really amazing message. I do. I do. I do have an amazing, amazing thing to share. A lot of times when we do these words, they're like encouraging words, but there is a different push on this word. In fact, it's actually meant to push you, to make you uncomfortable. It's meant to shift you to another position. This month, it is finished. By definition, it is the last part or process of an action. This month, there will be a strong emphasis on the finisher. What do you need to finish? What has been left undone? What have you been putting off? What needs to be planned out for next year? What have you been holding? What did you start? What are you afraid to finish? Don't miss that moment of reflection because the strong and rapid winds of the finisher are ready to blow you into position. They're going to assist you heavily and you are going to finish. Even though you've been able to put things off, the burden to finish is going to weigh heavily upon you. Important notes and instructions are coming back around quickly. Make notes. Certain things can't wait until January. And truthfully, January will be considered past due. There are some things that must be marked down before the end of the year. The delay that was in the way is being moved out of the way, and you are going to finish. What seemed like the usual distraction will not have the same hold on you, and there will be a focus to finish. Divine realignment concerning resources, priority, and project will be taking place, bringing you into the perfect will and severing the permissive, meaning the thing that was just allowed to happen. And it's very necessary. So the highlight of this first part, I feel like it's kind of explaining what's taking place right now. When we get to the end of the year, a lot of people get in that mode like, okay, I'm ready to go into 2020. I'm already ready to go into the next year, but you actually need to take a moment and pause. In fact, I actually did this for example, by the Etsy page. I let the listings expire. So when the listing expire. I said, uh, I'll just start it up again in January. And a woman offered me to come and speak at her company. And the first thing she said was, hey, what do you have a website for it? And I thought to myself, well, the Etsy page, but this woman offered me the opportunity in December. So I couldn't wait till January. I had to immediately jump in, quickly go back and make sure that everything was in place. This was just an example of waiting around for things that seem like they're good and okay but the emphasis is actually now. I feel like that's how people need to look at things. You don't know what opportunity is going to come before you. You don't know what thing you need to get done, but that's the reason why there will be a burden to finish things, but you actually have to take a moment to stop and evaluate. Winter is a time where things come to an end. Life comes to a close, like it's completely closed. You know, autumn we see the leaves falling off the trees and now we're entering into winter. It's a time of reflection, you know, Uh it's a time where you sit back and you want to, you want to pour into other people. You think about, 
people that are entering a winter season at work. Yep. They're preparing to retire. You know, they want to get everything that they have out of them and give it to whoever else is coming into the company, you know. Or you think about a winter season in life where someone is, you know, approaching the latter part of their years and they're preparing to transition from this life and into the next. You know, they're getting their estate together. They've already gotten it together, to be honest with you. But at this point, they're telling everybody, okay, now, this is where all this stuff is, you know. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of finishing things. So it's so appropriate that God would even have you stop, you know, to stop where you said you kind of accidentally stumbled into this place of reflection where he would stop and have you do that so that you could really, really partner with him and figure out, okay, what do I need to get done? What needs to be done? And there was something that needed to be done so that you could be ready for the opportunity. So that's, I just think that's really, really really, really cool. And I love how the Lord does stuff like that for us, you know, how sometimes we're going and going and going and we're not paying attention and how he'll come and just boom, throw something on us like, no, slow down here. Put a little bit more energy in this place, you know? Yes. So yeah, that was good. That was a perfect example. (laughs) Which is so crazy because that was just my real, like that was my real life (laughs) example that it actually shook me, so it made me say, wow, if the Etsy page was that important, which it really didn't seem that important to me because I have other ways of taking orders, then how much more are there other things that I need to stop and look at and see? Like in the questions I said, what have you been putting off? I had a mind to get it back. I had a mind to recreate if I needed to, but I can guarantee you it wasn't by December 31st maybe January because it wasn't going to stop the flow. It wasn't going to stop the income stream, you see? But it was so important Mm -hmm. because that's actually a system. Etsy is a better system. I don't like the shipping. Everything is already pre-calculated versus how I ship now. So it's really funny because you can overlook something that would actually help you in a place of increase, enlargement, expansion, you know? Exactly. Exactly, because we don't want to stop and pause and and basically have to learn something new because that's what you had to do. You had to stop, yep. pause, okay, this system, let me learn something new. We don't want to go through that learning curve. We're like, no, I'm going, I'm going good just like it is, you know. Let me just keep doing it. And it's like, no, if we would stop, get through that learning curve, then you can – you can use something that's more efficient and less stressful. That example that you've given, it's just for so many places in our lives. Like, we don't want to stop and do things now to prepare and be ready for the bigger opportunity that's coming, but we're always opening our mouth and saying, Lord, give me, or I want more, or I need this. And it just goes back to a word that you and I talked about before, like, the Lord be like, I would love to give it to you, but you're not ready. <laughs> and every time I slow you down, and every time I slow you down and try to get you ready, every time I slow you down and I breathe on something that I want you to put more energy and effort into, you'll Ooh, bypass it because you feel like you don't have the time to do it, but you do if you want the greater thing that the Lord wants to offer you. You know, that's so good. Yeah, (laughs) because that's something else that you're going to talk about in here, allowing the process to to perfect things. But I'm jumping ahead in your word. Go ahead, Sam. 
keep going. I know our audience is enjoying this. Yeah, so the next thing is realignment. And I actually looked at a picture um, earlier today, and I saw a row, which reminded me of ducks in a row. Usually when you have your ducks in a row, they're right where they're supposed to be. Well, it was a picture of alignment, and then it was a picture of things out of alignment. And if you could picture a whole bunch of circles all over the place, that's what misalignment looks like. And a lot of people can get used to walking or operating in a place like that, where it's kind of like a bit of chaos, maybe confusion, maybe you're going, maybe you're coming, maybe I, you're like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. And so things that are important get knocked out of alignment. All of a sudden they're not as important because things are just kind of everywhere. And even if things are not everywhere, if you still have the wrong set of priorities, it can throw off the end result. So I'm going to read this, and I'm just going to kind of jump into it, but I'll go a little deeper. So divine alignment concerning your resources, right, your priorities, and your projects will be taking place. So this realignment is bringing you into the perfect will and severing the permissive. I'm going to get into that. And it's very necessary. I'll say it again. It's very necessary. So these things, the resources, priorities, and projects are being highlighted to help you prepare for the shift into 2020 as well. No more wasted time. This period marks the end of an era, and every moment counts. December is not only the final month of the year, but it also marks the final chapter. It represents a close, an ending, a final conclusion. Answers will finally be issued. Settlements will be handled releases will be made, and even decisions that have been held up will finally be released. So that's a lot and a little at the same time. But again, so the highlight is priorities. What you think is important or what you may not think is important may be even more important to you in December than it could ever really be. Like the highlight is on rearranging the things that are out of alignment. Again, also resources are going to be in line, meaning if you don't have enough for certain projects, that's going to shift how you're spending your money. I've just started reinvesting heavily back into myself and my companies. I've just, uh, it's just like something shifted where I'm like, I immediately need to go ahead and just reinvest more. I need to reinvest more. I need to reinvest more. I wasn't thinking like that in November because, again, I said in January, I just I just had this mental shift of what I was going to do. But suddenly in December, I just thought to myself, why wait? I can start pushing out new things and doing new things and researching new things. If I just purchase some items now, if I just invest in those things now, I can look and learn them now for 2020. So that's also a part of the resource shift. So I believe that's going to be taking place as well. And then again, or the last part would be projects, things that you're working on. This is so crucial because during the holiday time, if you have something that needs to be knocked out, it's so important that the focus of your project, whatever that means for you, I say project because that actually covers the span of things, your business, your vision, an idea that you're working on, is so crucial that you make sure to make that a priority. Because when things are realigned, that means if you have a list of five things and it's number four, but it actually needs to be number one, when alignment takes place, it shifts to number one. Your mind starts to uh, see it as needing to be important, and then you start to work on it. 
because it's that important. Mm. So when I said the perfect will was going to be brought forth and the severing, meaning the destroying of the permissive, that's what that means. So you you probably yeah. put it on the back burner for a long time, but now it's time to bring it to the front. That word permissive, you know, mm. things that you may have tolerated that you didn't need to. That really stood out to me. I love how God uses certain words and you can't change them. When you're sharing like, something, no. it's like, no, mm-hmm. he wanted this to be used. I even want to highlight relationships, which is so crazy, but it's coming to me. So I hope so. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and do it. Sometimes certain friendships, certain relationships, just whatever shit <laughs> in your life that may have a priority where they shouldn't, even that can be realigned and it will be realigned if it needs to be realigned for you to really pursue destiny or for you to do whatever you need to, whatever you need to execute. So I can remember when I was dating this guy, I remember thinking, "Mm, like I'm a growth person and I'm, you know, things need to grow. They can't be stagnant. But before the end of the year, before the halfway mark, there was a shift where I started saying, I don't even know if I want to go into the second half of the year in this relationship. Something Mm -hmm. shifted to where I felt like it's probably not going to make sense to even see about the rest of the year when I already know now that I may not need to keep going in this direction. Easily rolling off my tongue, but it was actually a very, very, very difficult decision to make. Even after I made it, I was like, oh, it's really sad and all that kind of stuff. It took a while for me to really just come back into, like, the normal swing of things and being single again at that time. But I knew that it was a decision that I had to make because I knew that it wasn't a part of destiny. I knew that it didn't tie. And so it's like I had to shift for that season because I knew the second half of the year didn't really include it. I do believe that there are going to be some relationships that are going to be severed or they're going to shift in priority because when 2020 comes and hits, they're not going to have the same priority that you thought they did in this new season, in the new era. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and that was super necessary for you to say. As you were talking about that, I'm thinking about something that God did for me at the end of a year, one year, because – People may hear you talking about relationship and they're thinking, okay, well, I don't have any relationship that, um, you know, I may not need to carry with me on the same level of access into the new year. And when I say the same level of access, I believe that that people should have different positions in your life. It's like Jesus handled his networks, you know. Jesus gave himself freely to everyone, to the masses of people. But there will be certain moments where Jesus would share something with the masses, but then he would give specific highlighted information to his 12 disciples, you know? An example of that, I want to read this because I think sometimes we don't refer to the scripture enough, and we hear what people are saying, and we kind of take it at face value. But I like to share with people the scriptures that I'm using so that they can go back and read it and see that this stuff is accurate for themselves. It's a proverb that says it's not good to have zeal without knowledge, 
nor to be hasty in this way. And I don't play when it comes to information. I want references. I want to know what I'm talking about. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You said out. And that that I do know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to see it. Wait a minute. Okay. So this is actually from um, Matthew chapter 13. Is one of the places you can find it. And this is the parable of the sower. So many people know this story. It's where Jesus said that my farmer was going to sow seeds. And some of the seed fell into different places as he was going and what happened with it. So in Matthew chapter 13, this is the Passion Translation. It says, later that day, Jesus left the house and sat by the lake shore to teach the people. Soon there were so many people surrounding him that he had to teach sitting in a boat while the large crowd stood on the shore. He taught them many things by using stories, parables that would illustrate spiritual truths, saying, consider this. There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. The seeds quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns and weeds, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the weeds, crowding out the good plants. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some yielded some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. In verse 10, the disciples asked Jesus, they were like, why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables? In verse 11, he explained, he said, you have been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth yet their hearts are unteachable. They'll never discover it. Although they listen to me, they never fully see the message I speak. Verse 14, the prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and hard of hearing, and they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and let me instantly heal them. And then Jesus goes on to say that this is who you are. Blessed are you that you're able to see. And then he goes on to explain, verse 18, now you are ready to listen to the revelation of the parable of the sower and his seed. The seed that fell on the beaten path represents the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. The seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. Verse 22, the seed sown among weeds represents the person who received the message 
but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. As for the seed that fell upon good, rich soil, it represents the hearts of people who hear and fully embrace the message of heaven's kingdom realm. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as was sown. In this message, Jesus talked to the masses. He gave himself freely to the masses. But when it came to giving out a certain level of revelation, he only gave it to those 12 disciples. He only gave them that access. And this is not the only place that we see this. Um, You see this in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took it up a notch. He had another level of access to give of himself to people, and he didn't give it to the 12 disciples. He gave it to certain ones. Let me get the scripture up. And these same ones were the ones that he took onto the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus was transfigured, they were there as well. This comes from Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And this one came up in the New International Version. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. So he took his disciples here to Gethsemane. But when he went to pray, he told them to sit down. Verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So he took them with him. You see that? And then he went a little bit further in verse 39. And he, he was like, okay, let me, let me stay off and really come before God at this point. But my point of the message is this, is that Jesus handled his connections in these levels. And everyone did not have access to what he had. He spoke to the masses. He gave the 12 disciples more information that he'd give the masses, and then out of his 12 disciples, he would take James, John, and Peter with him places that the others couldn't go. The Garden of Gethsemane is one um, when Jesus was, you know, captured to be crucified. The Transfiguration was another. This is where Peter saw Moses, and Peter is like, you know, Lord, you want me to build a tent? (laughs) You want me to build a tent for Moses? (laughs) You know, wow. and and Jesus is like, Peter, don't be saying nothing about what you're saying, boy. Shut up. My point is that with relationships, you know, we give people access to us. So some of what God may be severing for you, one, may be the level of access he's given to someone. And then two, it may be a connection that you have to someone that they no longer have with you. Does that make sense? Like where people have these soul connections, where I'm still connected to someone and they've moved on with their life and are gone on about their business. At the end of the year, one year, I had this dream and it didn't really make sense to me. And I vaguely remember the dream now. I'm sure it's written down somewhere. But in the dream, I remember being involved with someone. I was married to this person in my dream. And in my dream, Mm. I had a restraining order against them. They weren't even supposed to be around me, but they were at my home, and 
they were there and hiding. They were hiding because it's like people were looking to see if they were in my home. I guess authorities, maybe police or whatever, and they were hiding. But then from there, the person ended up stabbing me. You hear me? In the dream. Wow. The person stabbed me. And in the dream, I'm still trying to hide this person. I have the knife in my body. Someone is there looking for them, and I'm hiding my wound and the knife because I didn't want this person to get in trouble. And I woke up from that dream and finally got, like, insight on it. He was telling me I had a connection with someone that needed to be severed. And though I had not not talked to this person, and yeah, that needed to be severed. And though I had not talked to this person in forever, I needed to sever the emotional connection and what I experienced in the relationship. You hear me? Wow. Because I could not carry it over into the new year and into what I was coming into. And so I know I gave gave you guys a long spill, but I had to explain to you that some things, like as Gigi spoke, will be relationship. You know, some things will be level of access, how much accessibility you're giving to people in, in some relationships you have. And then some will be connections that you no longer physically have with people, but they will be some type of emotional connection that you have, some type of mental, some type of spiritual connection that you have that God says, I want to deal with and I want to sever so that it doesn't hinder what you have coming down the pipeline. Because as you guys know, I'm married now. (laughs) And I didn't bring Mm -hmm. none of the trauma of my past into my marriage. And me and my husband are totally imperfect. We are imperfect. So I know I'm going off into another section, but I don't want you guys that are hearing this thinking that, oh, I got to be perfect for my mate. We're totally imperfect. But both of us love God enough and love each other enough to be patient through our imperfections and mature and grow together. But I don't have the trauma that came from my past relationships because God was like, you got to get rid of that or you'll end up destroying this thing that I'm sending to you when it comes. I hope that makes sense. Girl, (laughs) you helped. (laughs) That's all I can say. You are helping. I know that helped (laughs) a room full of people, maybe more. That's really good. I mean, you have my mind going. It's real life. I think we have to be willing to share our stories. We can tell people all day, here's some direction for you. Here's, you know, a, a wise thing for you. Here's a piece of life advice for you. But when we share our stories, it really, really allows the mind and the heart to connect and to put together what it needs to so that people are empowered to make decisions themselves. Jesus told stories for a reason. He did that to connect with people. He did that to teach them to think, and that's what we have to do. We can't be afraid to share, like, stories. And let me just go back and clarify this. I was not stabbed in a relationship. God just used a dream to illustrate, like, hey, you got this connection here that it's terrible. It's detrimental to you. That's what he was illustrating in the dream. Like, this is a connection that is deadly to you. And you need to sever it before you go into the new year. Hey, so are you guys enjoying Gigi and Lola talking so far? Well, good, because we are not done. This was only part one. There is still more to come in this two-part series, so stay tuned.